Hi, good morning, and welcome to Sunday's Four Seekers. Hello, Jude, and hello to our viewers and listeners. I'm Father Jay, and welcome to Sundays for Seekers. So glad you've all joined us live for our 12th episode, Grabe Father. We're on our 12th episode now. Our last episode, can you believe it, Jude? It's been 12 episodes. Anyway, we hope that our viewers and listeners will share the video, tell your friends about our episode, and comment away. We'd love to hear from you, as usual, our fellow seekers especially for our last episode. So if you can comment a hey, good morning, tell us about where you're from so that we know also who's watching us. And if you also would like to tag your friends in the comments so that they'd be notified that we are live for Sundays for Seekers today, please do so. And our topic for today will be all about your burning questions for our last episode. So yeah, welcome again. Yeah, sorry. I'm conducting a loyalty check among my friends and relatives. <laughs> I told them to that better tune in. Yun pala, attendance check and loyalty check. So we'll look out for the comments. Welcome again to Sundays for Seekers. And please do keep on sharing your burning questions with us. This podcast is brought to you by Smart. Live smarter for a better world. And Unilab. Alagang tunay, alagang Pilipino, Unilab yan. So for our 12th and last episode for the season, you would just like to clarify, it's for the season. Father, we've been getting a lot of comments and questions why last last episode with a crying face? Yeah, it's unfortunately, it's going to be the last episode, but only for this season. And the simple reason is, Jude and I have a life. <laughs> it's a lot of work, you know, showing up for the, for the Sundays for Seekers podcast. And it's been a great pleasure, but it's been a lot of hard work as well. So much as we'd like to continue, we thought maybe we'll do what people do in podcasts anyway. After like about 12 episodes in a season, they take a break and then they come back, refresh. So, Joe, that's what we're hoping to do when we come back in this podcast. How, yes, how do you feel about that? I think more importantly, Father, it's also an opportunity for us to take a step back and see how we've gone from the first to the 12th episode and see how we can improve the podcast for the next season moving forward for Sundays for Seekers. And we're giving our viewers and listeners a chance to catch up in case you missed out some of the episodes. As you know, they're available on YouTube. They're available on Facebook. They're also available uh, on Apple, I think. And yes. all the other places where you can find podcasts. Yeah. So while we are on break, all the previous episodes are still accessible and, of course, can be shared to your friends and can be rewatched also in case you would like to rewatch some of them. So for our last episode for this season, for today, we don't have a specific topic except for really going through the burning questions that our viewers have and have shared through the many different episodes that we have had. So for today, we will be taking up your burning questions. And Father, we actually have a couple from last episode. Last episode. I was going to say last week, two weeks ago. Pala. So our from our last episode and... We can start from there, but as we go along to our listeners now, listening and viewing our podcast live, 
please do share any burning questions you may have. Either a burning question that you've been wanting to ask but haven't been able to, or a burning question that comes to mind as you listen to our podcast for today. Remember what we said, our questions are like an open door that invites us to a deeper faith. So we should not be afraid of questions. We should have confidence in our religion. We should have faith in our faith. And just take the opportunity to learn more about God, about ourselves, about the world through the questions. And Father, before I ask the first question, I would just like to say good morning also to all our viewers. We have viewers from Quezon City, from Pampanga, from Iloilo, from Malolos, even from Sumatra, Indonesia. Wow. Wow. Really? These are really good friends of ours who are <laughs> supporting us in our podcast. Thank Your you. attendance check. Your attendance check, Father. All right. So we have a couple of questions, as I said, from last episode. And Father, the first few episodes, the first few questions, rather, will be all about Jesus. So we've had episodes about Jesus before. And these are questions coming from the previous episodes and maybe even coming from your Holy Week retreat, right? Which was, of course, all about Jesus as well. And this first question um, raised about Jesus was, how was Jesus as a child? We don't know much about him, but is there anything we could share about his life as a child? Well, that's a great question because it shows curiosity, curiosity about our Lord. No, And remember what we said last week. If we want to know our Lord personally, it's also important to know about our Lord. No, So like if you love someone, you want to learn as much as you can about that person, right? So uh, this question obviously is coming from a place of curiosity and love. No, So how was Jesus a child? Well, as we know, there are very few passages in the gospel. Maybe you can count them with your 10 fingers. No, um, There are a couple, I think, that are most revealing about Jesus as a child. No, The first, I think, is the general description that uh, he grew in wisdom and in grace. No, So basically, that what it means is that he was... Uh, you know, a wise child, and he was a nice, nice child, basically, you know, so that's the first thing. But the other thing, which I think is a good uh, juxtaposition to that is a little story that can be quite disturbing if you take it seriously, you know, and I'm talking about the finding of the Christ child in the temple, right? We're all familiar with that. Uh, that's one of the joyful mysteries in the rosary. But that episode has always been very disturbing for me because, as you know, what happened was Jesus, as a 12-year-old kid, went with his parents, Joseph and Mary, to Jerusalem, to the temple. But he got a little bit carried away and he was getting to know the teachers there and the teachers were fascinated by him. But in the process of doing that and attending to that, uh, Joseph and Mary sort of lost track of him. And before they knew it, he was lost. They couldn't find him. And they they looked everywhere you know, and until they finally found him, no, you can only imagine how worried the parents were because, after all, if Jesus is the Son of the Most High, and suddenly he's lost, patay, diba? But anyway, when they finally found him, that's where I found it most disturbing because when Mary asked him, understandably, uh, "Why did you do this to me and your father?" <laughs> you remember what he said, uh, Jude? I can't exactly remember, Father, what he answered. But he said something like, uh, but don't you know that I should be about my father's business? No, Which, however gently you read it out loud, is still almost like, uh, you know, like something you wouldn't want to, to hear if you're Mary, right? 
I mean, you've been worried, sick, and then you find your child and your child says, but don't you know that I should be doing this? No. So, so it shows you that, you know, Jesus was a nice kid. Obviously, he's the son of God, right? But he was also already quite strong and he already knew his priorities. No? Um, and, and he was unapologetic about that. And I think that tells us that, you know, that this child Jesus, even if, you know, he hadn't started his public ministry, was already raising a lot of questions about him. No? Uh, surely the parents were wondering what was that about, no? And they probably tried to, you know, think about that and try to figure it out. So I, I think, you know, uh, even as a child, our Lord was already a paradox, no, a mystery, hard to understand, hard to figure out. And as we know, Mary did that, no, all throughout her life, trying to keep up with, with her son, trying to understand what was going on. There were many things she couldn't understand, but she just kept on trying to, you know, figure things out as she fumbled along after her son. So, so I think that's a, that's that's the best way we can answer, you know, about Jesus as a child. But remember what we said about praying with the Bible. We have to read between the lines. You know? So um, we're invited to sort of, uh, you know, sort of uh, read what is also unspoken, you no. Know? Uh, the silences in the gospel. So that will draw us, I think, closer to the Lord. So whoever asked this question, I think it's a great question. And these are the sort of questions that can really deepen our faith. Thank you for that, Father. Actually, if I remember correctly, uh, Jesus' public ministry was only for, what, two years, right? Three years, three years. Three years there. And then majority of his life, really won't be found in the bible so there's a lot to be known and there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery surrounding his life that in between phase yeah it's, it's that's why it's called the hidden life of our lord no? because uh, not much was said but it doesn't mean we shouldn't think about it it doesn't mean we shouldn't ask questions about it no in fact it's a great way to sort of bring to pray to you know to pray to bring it to prayer thank you father now, the next question, also related to Jesus, of course, maybe even as a child, would Jesus also have needed a healer, like healing for physical, emotional, or anything that could have given him discomfort? That's another great question. We're trying to imagine what it must have been like to, to be Jesus. No? And uh, I think the, the, the best way to be... First of all, I want to say that these questions are very difficult to answer because, <laughs> first of all, we don't really know, right? I mean, yeah. uh, we, we, I think the only way, to, I always tell uh, my students and my retreatants, the only way to know is to interview our Lord when we finally meet him face-to-face. -face, no? That's when we'll know for sure. However, these questions are no less valuable because they will really, you know, deepen our faith. No? So, and, and they'll help us understand our Lord more given the guidance of the church. So, what are the things that we can say? Because obviously we don't know, right? But I think one thing very clearly we can say is that, you know, is to ask first, did our Lord experience any discomfort? No? Uh, what do you think, Jude? Do you think he experienced any discomfort? Was he exempted well, from experiencing pain? I, I think he still did, Father. He's human. He's totally human and totally divine. So most likely, I was thinking, reflecting on him being a carpenter with Joseph. I'm sure there was an instance somewhere along those many years that he was with Joseph that he might have hit his thumb or made a mistake in the in the um, craft house, the workshop. Yeah, so, exactly. And of course, his passion, right? He Like when he fell, when he was, you know, a scourge, yes, when, he was, when he was nailed to the cross. 
was all of that just charade? Was that all play acting? And our church will say, no, you can't say that, no, that he really suffered, no, because it's human to suffer. It's human to feel pain, no, it's human to feel limited. So it's human to feel discomfort, no. So, um, so, so the first, I think the first thing that this question clarifies is lest we forget Jesus wasn't super, a superhero in the sense that, you know, like, like Superman, the bullets would just sort of, you know, like, like bounce off him, right? He, he really felt pain and he really bled, no? So he felt his comfort. And I think the other thing we want to say here is that uh, we don't know if he needed a healer, but there were times in his life when he needed healing but he did not heal himself. No? So I think what we can say here is maybe he could heal himself. Maybe he had the power to heal himself and that's not contradictory to our faith, but he chose not to. No? And I think to, to try to answer that question, why? Why didn't he choose not to heal himself? No? We'll bring you to a, re to a place where you will, I think, appreciate our Lord more because if you can heal yourself, but you don't heal, but you don't, you choose not to, I think, what does that say about you? It means you really want to feel what it, what it's like to be human. And you really want to be one of us. No? So again, a question like this that comes from nowhere, right? Uh, can bring, can bring you to a better appreciation of our Lord loving us and, and wanting to be one of us. No? When we suffer because we have no choice, that's one thing. But when we suffer out, you know, for a reason, because we love someone, that, that's, that's very valuable. You know, that reminds me of my, one of my favorite songs from One Republic called, um, I think it's called Live or something like that. No? And, yeah. and, there's one, and there's one line there that says, I hope you don't suffer, but take the pain. I love that because it shows you the difference between suffering passively and you have no choice compared to taking the pain freely because you're doing it out of love. And when you think about it, we do that a lot in our lives. No? We take the pain to, for, the, for the sake of the people we love. And this is the same thing with our Lord. No? All his life, he took the pain. He didn't have to, but he took the pain freely because he loves us. So I think that's great, right? I mean, it, you know, a question like this, which sounds like, um, where did this question come from? But actually, yeah. it will bring you to a place of appreciating our Lord better. So questions are great, I think. So thank you to whoever asked this question. It's a great question. There's a follow-up question, Father. Well, from a different person, but I think it's a good follow-up to what you just shared. Why does he love us so much? Well, that's the mystery. Again, that's a great question. No? For, for, for you to ask this question, why does he love you so much? Means that you're, you I guess, it. yeah, and you're in awe that he loves you. No, There was a theologian who said that I think the, the, the irony of our faith is that on the one hand, we have to recognize that we are totally unlovable. You know, um, if we know ourselves, if we're honest and humble about ourselves, we know the parts of ourselves that no one can love, right? Uh, the shadow part of ourselves that we'd rather hide from the light. And God sees that. You know? and, and, and if you're going to be reasonable, we're very unlovable. But the other part of the paradox that we're so unlovable, but God loves us unconditionally. You know? So I think that, to again, to, to bring that to prayer, to bring that, that thought to prayer, I think will really deepen your faith. And I think 
strengthen your love for God as well because you will appreciate how totally undeserving we are of God's love and yet he loves us. No? And I think a question like this will also ground us because you know, it, 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 you don't feel entitled to things. You feel that, yeah, I'm, I, I really don't deserve God's love. And I'm, I'm awed and, and shocked that he loves me. But, but really, the only response is gratitude, you know, to thank God that, that he continues, putting along, that he continues to love us. Right? Yeah. In spite of and despite of everything. Exactly, exactly. And that's, what, that's actually one of the goals of going on a retreat, you know, to appreciate God's love. St. Ignatius, in his first week of the spiritual exercises, it's all about hoping that the retreatant will experience God's love. No? And this question, I think, expresses that, that why does he love us so much no? uh, when we don't deserve it? That, that's, exact, that's a very important experience. Thank you, well, Father. Well, yeah. three questions pa lang, ang dami na, no? Parang, <laughs> Kaya na, eh. you know, We can mine our faith so much just from the questions. There's so much to talk about. This next question is about social media, actually. So it's a, it's a hypothetical question. Um, if social media were available during Jesus' time, how do you think would he have used it to communicate his humanity and divinity to influence his followers? That's a very imaginative question. And again, I think it's a great question no? because uh, as you know, when our Lord, during his time, there was no social media. In fact, I don't know if you're familiar with Jesus Christ Superstar. Are you familiar yes, with the musical? Yes, the, the play. Yeah, the play. I, you know, it's one of my favorite musicals of all time. And uh, every time it's, it's on, I'd watch it, you know. And there's one line, the very first song that goes, the, the song was sung by Judas and the song is called heaven on their mind no? and and one of the one of the lines i don't have the exact words but one of the lines there goes uh, why did you choose um israel in 4 bc when they had no mass communication right so there was no there was no tv there was no radio there was nothing but that's when god chose to be human which is strange right because if i were god i don't know about you Joe, but if i were god this is the best time because we're so connected it's so easy right it's so easy to go viral, right? And yet God in his infinite wisdom decided to go, to become human and to begin his mission when there was no social media, there was no internet, no? there was no television, there was no mass communication. It's the worst time to spread the gospel, right? So again, dun palang, you can think or you can already wonder what, what do you think is the meaning of that? And again, the answer is, I don't really know, right? But I, my guess, if I have to think about it, my guess is that it shows you the, the way of God. God's way is not like ours. No? We want the fastest. We want the most viral. That's not God's way because he probably doesn't think it's the most effective way. God's way is the slow process, no? the quiet process, the humble way, which is totally not fashionable today. So again, it gives us pause, right? So the way we do things, the way we want to achieve things, that's not God's way. No? God's project of saving us is the most important project in the universe. And yet he did not avail of all these technologies. No? There must be a reason for that. No? Um, and so, so it, that's, there's a lot to think about here. No? But the question here is also, how would Jesus have used it to communicate his humanity and divinity? No? I think it would be very similar to the way, if he had to use social media, it would be very similar to his ways. No? 
Many times during his public ministry, after healing a leper or a paralytic, he would tell them, don't spread it around, which again, always struck me as weird. I mean, wouldn't you want people to know about it, right? Of course. And when he was in the desert, when the devil tempted him, one of the temptations was for him to throw himself down the, the pinnacle of the, no, the pinnacle of the tower, yeah. of the temple, right? Temple, so temple. that so that the angels would come to his rescue and there would be this great dramatic incident, miracle, and people will save him. That's exactly what viral videos are made of, right? But he said no. He decided to go his quiet way, you know. So if Jesus chose social media, I think he would do it quietly as well. It will not be the flashy, fashionable, look at me kind of thing, no? So again, a lot of a lot of things to think about no? about our Lord. That got me thinking also, Father. There's a lot of things that well, you can really it it leads from one place to the next, right? When you start thinking about it. Even as we talk about as you share about it, it like never ends because there's so much things to really consider and so many things that come to light. There's always more to know, right? Right? I mean, every person's a mystery. God is a mystery. Our Lord's a mystery. So there's always more to know. But, but what I like about these questions is that they're excellent examples of how our questions can really deepen our faith. No? So in a way, it affirms our main idea about this podcast, that our burning questions no, really help us seek better, no? seek God yeah. better. They're, they're our best tool in seeking God. So yeah, thanks for all these great questions i think we're giving some prices to some of them right oh yeah. guess, guess what price <laughs> giving the book yeah giving books away to our viewers and listeners who are with us this morning live and speaking of our viewers and listeners father i'll turn now to the comment section of our live because there are some questions already and he, there's one here actually related to the previous question on social media from jules she asks, what would Jesus' mantra be today to not be so easily triggered with current news, posts, or comments? That's a great question. It's a very relevant question because all of us, like myself, no, uh, I always get overwhelmed by, with all the information and I always get triggered, especially when I go to Twitter. They say that Instagram is where you feel good about the world, and then Twitter is where you feel bad about the world. Right? <laughs> so whenever I go to Twitter, I always get triggered. So I think our Lord would be um, would not be enslaved by social media the way we sometimes tend to be, including myself. Like we become subject to whatever we see on social media. I think our Lord will exercise his responsibility and freedom more he would be less um he would be more discerning about when to look at social media but also what to believe in what uh, like which post he would give permission to affect him which i think my problem is and i'm speaking very personally here is sometimes when i'm caught off guard and i'm just you know scrolling on twitter or whatever i'm not i let my guards down i get affected by anything no but I think it's very important for us to be more discerning, which means that we have to we have to filter. You know? We have to be, be selective about what we give permission to, what we give power to, to affect us. I think our Lord will be like that. You know? He'll be a master of himself. You know? The way I'm often not. The way I, I sometimes just allow, allow social media to sweep me away before I know it. I'm so upset just because of a couple of posts, right? So 
yeah, I think we should be more discerning, like our Lord, and uh, be more responsible. The way most of us are, Father. Let me correct you there. It's not just you. Don't worry. Yeah. Most of us are like that. But thank you. Thank you for allow- allowing us to see that there's also an invitation as to how we perceive Jesus, how you perceive Jesus to be, that might also be, well, hopefully, that would also be our mindset when we go through social media. The next question, Father, as we... We're now moving from Jesus to Mary, of course. We talked about the finding finding of Jesus in the temple. Now, we move towards Mary because we actually had an episode about Mary last September to celebrate the nativity of Mary. And this question was sent in the inbox. Um, the question here is mainly to about how Mary is one of the people many people pray to for healing, for intercession, um, and of course, for miracles, right? So people always say pray the rosary when things happen. And the question here is, I'm just wondering about what constitutes a miracle on the part of the Holy Person or Mother Mary, and then on the part of the believer. Okay, so that's, you know, I grew up, you know, having a devotion to our Blessed Mother, to, to, to Mary, because uh, my teachers in the faith, including my elder sister, had a very strong devotion to Mary. And sometimes that's how you develop a devotion. As we said in our episode, it's not necessary to have a devotion to Mary, you know. Uh, Jesus is the, our main mediator. But we also said we believe in the communion of saints, where saints can pray for us, you know, like we can pray for one another, you know. And we see that in the gospel when the friends of the paralytic brought the paralytic to our Lord and our Lord gave, gave the paralytic the healing that he needed. So Mary obviously, is, we believe, is very close to Jesus. That's why we can turn to her. And we, we in the church, in the Catholic church, in the Anglican church, in the Orthodox church, we believe that Mary has a very special role because she can really intercede for us. And the rosary is a very special prayer. That's also close to my heart. No? So about miracles, um, we believe in miracles. No, uh, We know that they occur rarely, right? Uh, if you remember, we talked about the open system. No, And the open system, we said that there are many causes no? that sometimes get in the way of God. what God wants to happen. So let's say God wants to, to heal us. There are other things that get in the way. For example, the patient himself or herself may not be responsible. So regardless of the, you know, the special graces God is sending his or her way, the patient won't get healed because he or she is not taking her medicine, the medicine or not taking all the precautions. Let's say the, 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 the sickness is COVID. No? So, um, so in general, miracles happen rarely because other people get in the way, other causes get in the way. But I think uh, given this question, we can say that w- when we pray to Mary, no, in a way, Mary becomes a powerful cause because what she does is she prays to God. And God, of course, we believe is influenced by our prayer, especially by saints like Mary. No? And God will do something about it. No? But in the open system, even if God strongly wants something to happen, usually he respects the freedom of other people and other causes. So the miracle may not happen. But we also said that once in a while, God closes the open system. You know? And sometimes that's what prayers can do. 
and sometimes that's what that's what Mary's intercession can do i believe no so we should never give up praying for miracles no there are many situations in our country in the world in our personal lives when we feel that we need nothing short of a miracle but we need every prayer we can get even if we bruised our knees and you know like broken the beads of our rosary praying and the prayers haven't been answered let's not give up because you know we should continue to believe in miracles otherwise we will lose hope that's my take so thank you father now moving forward from mary so the the listener continued on i know that mother mary is a role model of humility how about other saints then or figures in the bible who we can emulate as a role model for these specific virtues who yeah. can we emulate rather yeah there, there are too many every single saint has a virtue that's why the saint was canonized there are many more saints than those canonized right but uh but th th these saints are exemplary so there are too many to name no um but uh yeah but i think there are saints who are known for their courage for their audacity like francis xavier who became a missionary in asia uh and and uh when there were shipwrecks all the time and people did not know about these alien countries but you know Francis Xavier did that. There's Saint Therese of the Child Jesus, who was saintly because she believed in the ordinary things, that she can love our Lord even by doing small things, you know. So it really depends. So we all have our favorite saints. Um, so find yours because our saints will help us, uh, you know, grow in our virtues. Thank you, Father. Actually, we all have, as you said, we all have our favorite saints. And sometimes... It also helps when we share our favorite saints to other people because they are enlightened about this new saint that they have. I see them like songs, like like a favorite song that you have that you love listening to and then you share it with somebody else. Who knows, that song might change the life of that person in the same way that the life of the saint might also change the life of the person you share that saint with. Yeah, speaking of favorite saints, I have a friend who was just talking to me about her favorite saint, no? Uh, saint jude because she says that she feels many times her life is hopeless no but but praying to saint jude gives her you know like consolation and many times she felt saint jude did not fail her no saint jude you know helped her so yeah she has a she has a plastic uh, saint jude figurine with a magnet at the bottom i don't know if you've seen one of those but we, we usually put them in the car in right? the car yeah, yeah so yeah. so that they, it doesn't you know tumble over but but yeah but yeah, we all have our favorite saints. And you uh, go to the saints who can help you, who you think can help you, right? Thank you for that, Father. There's this next question regarding prayer, just a follow-up from Ning Reyes, one of our top fans, as Facebook identifies her. On prayers, can we still change the mind of God through persistent prayers? That is such a great question because it, it wow. touches on a lot of things, no? For example, there's a, you know, there's a saying that God is perfect, so he doesn't change. So how can we change the mind of God, right? But when you look at the biblical image of God, God changes his mind all the time in the Bible, no? Um, and usually he changes his mind out of mercy and out of love, no? Like, for example, he's about to, like, what he's about to do uh, with the prophet Jonah, no? Uh, he was going to destroy the city and then... Uh, of Nineveh, no, and then uh, because Jonah preached there, everyone 
incredibly, miraculously converted, and God changed his mind. In fact, Jonah was a little bit upset that God changed his mind, no? That he did not destroy Nineveh as he threatened everyone that he that God would do, no? So there are many stories like that that God changed his mind, that God changed, no? When when our Lord ascended to heaven, something a big transformation happened to God. No, God became partly human. Because now we know that you know one of the three persons is human when when God when so so God changes. No? So can we change God's mind? I think from the Bible and from uh the church teachings, I think, yeah, we can it it may seem like a change of mind, but I, I think the point here is you know, just like in any relationship. God will adjust. No? A real relationship, we adjust to one another. It's hard to wrap our minds around it because if God is infinite, he knows everything, how can he change, right? But that's, that's part of the mystery. You know, a lot of the questions that we, that, that, that we ask no? uh, can be answered in one way. And the, the way I put it is it's always the difficult reading, no? What do I mean by the difficult reading? No, uh, it's easier to answer a question by saying it's black or white. No, so either God is perfect, infinite, never changes, or uh, or He changes, but He's not perfect or infinite. The way we answer questions of faith, it's all it's always the difficult reading, meaning that it's always not either or; it's always both. No. So I think one guide we can give our listeners and viewers as they continue to seek while we're on a break no, is that they should always use the approach of the difficult reading, which is always the paradox. No? For example, Jesus is not just totally divine. He's not just totally human. He's both. How does that happen? We don't know. No? But you cannot say he's if if your answer to your question about Jesus is going to diminish his humanity or divinity, that's not the right answer. No, we also said Mary is both the mother of God and a disciple of Jesus. So your answer must always reflect both. No, um, she's the queen of heaven and the mother of God, but also the disciple of Jesus. It must always be a balance between the two. No. Uh, reading the scripture, it's always the word of God, but it's also words of human people who are limited. It cannot be either or, it's always both. So I think I've always found that as a helpful practical guideline in answering questions of faith. It's like, don't say A only or B only. It's always both. No? So I think our viewers and listeners, if they remember that, that we must always do the difficult reading whenever we answer a question about our faith, because our faith is a mystery, our answer must always be paradoxical, which means that there are two things that seem to be contradictory, but you must always include them. Together. Does that make sense? Yes, Father. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. But of course, the challenge is great with how you're putting it to be. And one of the things that I, I was thinking of as you were speaking is that while we're on break, aside from thinking about it yourself, maybe you can also engage your friends, your families, to seek with you. It really helps. For, for me personally, this podcast helped having somebody seek with me, Father Jay and our listeners and viewers, because there's a sense of community and safety that your questions are valid questions. There will be answers, but not <coughs> all answers might, we won't know all the answers. And sometimes you need somebody else to tell you, it's okay, we, it's a mystery, right? 
Yeah, exactly. And and I what I like about this uh this podcast actually is I get to think out loud with you and also with the uh, with our viewers, no? Like these questions um you know, like I didn't prepare a speech to answer them, but but I you know, it helps me think on my feet and try to figure things out and revise my answer as I go along. I, that's the way it should be because you know, nobody has the perfect answer. And even after giving an answer, it may sound okay now, but something might come up which might correct it or improve it later on. And that's the way that's the way it is for seeking Catholics. No, if, if we're you know, if we we've said that the truth is something we don't possess, it's something we pursue. No, so we keep looking for it, no, and and we can keep improving our answers and our take. And and that I find this podcast very helpful to me as a priest and somebody who studied theology because. I keep learning because of the questions that people share. So you're not the only ones deepening your faith. No, I'm also deepening my, I'm also growing in my faith as a result of our conversation. So I'm really grateful for this podcast. And we're also grateful to all our viewers and listeners right now watching. Father, we have friends from Maryland, from Singapore, from Pampanga. Sister... Sister naman, sabi ni Sister St. Jude Leao. Nagkamali lang yun, Sister. <laughs> As you remember, there's another Jude in the Bible, right? In the Gospel. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the third Jude in the Bible. We just don't know which You're both. Side. Jude, you're I'm both. I'm both, I'm both. Okay. It's always a paradox. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Father. So we now move on to the next set of questions. Very practical. We've started actually with practical um, questions. And we'll move on to how we can deepen our faith more. There's this question on, for people like me who want to revisit their Catholic faith or the basics, what might you suggest about this and about learning the virtues? There are a lot of books out there wondering what is a good suggestion and or a guidebook to start with. Yeah, um, well, I can only recommend books I've read and books that I really like. No, so um, and I basically will recommend authors, uh, maybe a few authors that you may want to check out. I hope you find their books. So the first one is William O'Malley. No, um, William O'Malley is a Jesuit who wrote a book called "Choosing to Be Catholic," which I've found very helpful. But it's very basic. No. Um, um, yeah, so William O'Malley is somebody you can look for, uh, and the book's title is Choosing to be Catholic. Uh, a few other authors that I really enjoy, which I'd like to recommend, uh, Richard Rohr, of course, is a great, um, a great spirituality writer. Joyce Rupp, she's, uh, I think she's a religious sister, and yes. I've always enjoyed her books. Um, her books are very prayerful. And uh, fourth, but certainly not the least, no, uh, Greg Boyle, who's a Jesuit. Um, Greg Boyle is a Jesuit uh, based in LA who works with gangsters and his books are really going to make you weep you know <laughs> every chapter will make you weep and um, his first book is called Tattoos on the Heart and I really strongly recommend it because it's about how he finds God in his work with the gangsters and it's not unpleasant no? because some people might say oh my gosh I don't want to read about gangsters but no it's a very powerful um, book full of very moving stories, though. You will really, you know, your, your eyes are really, aren't going to be dry. They're not going to stay dry if you read the stories of uh, the, the gang mates that he has been working with. So I would strongly recommend those authors. Though. Thank you for those, Father. So just to repeat again, it's William O'Malley, Choosing to be Catholic. We have Richard Rohr, 
Joyce Rupp, and Greg Boyle. We will also post their names in the chat box, in the comment section rather, um, because we have a request here. Kindly post the authors here. Didn't catch the last names. So let's post their names so that our viewers and listeners can get back to them also in the future. Our next practical question, Father. Sorry for that. Next practical question, how do I go about for spiritual directions? We had an episode before where we talked about discernment and spiritual direction came about. So Father, any tips for spiritual direction or any places yeah, uh, I think spiritual direction, the, the better term today is spiritual accompaniment. No? Because when you say spiritual direction, it's like you're being directed by the person you're talking to. But I think a, a, a better term is spiritual accompaniment, where basically you get someone that you trust who can just listen to you. You know, like what Jude was talking about earlier, about, uh, you know, like talking about the faith, ask, you know, discussing your questions, uh, even your doubts, you know, about the faith, your difficulties, somebody you trust, somebody who won't judge you, somebody who can, who, who, who are just, as, who, who is just as committed as you are to the faith, may not need to know more about the faith, may not, need not be an expert, no, but somebody's also committed to understanding the faith more. Uh, so a kind of community, you know, so it can be one person or several if you can find a priest or a sister who can do that for you, I think that's also great. No, I, I think there are many options, today, especially on the internet. No? Like, in a sense, this podcast, I'd like to think, is spiritual direction, right? I mean, in many ways, I try to provide some guidance. I'm also providing some guidance by the questions and comments of our, of our listeners and viewers, as well as by you, Jude. So I think, in a way, we're doing a lot of spiritual accompaniment as well uh, in, this, uh, in this podcast. But... I think uh, priests, no, especially I, I think um, the Senegal sisters are are really into spiritual direction. No, you can Google them. There's a great uh, team I think right across the Ateneo uh, who provides such services. No, and I think they've sort of uh, expanded their services to online because of the pandemic. So you can explore those. But what's important really is to find a community or one or two other people that you can talk about. Uh, in terms of your seeking, you know, your searches in your faith. Thank you, Father. So spiritual accompaniment more than spiritual direction. Another question. Um, how do we keep hopeful and faithful despite the injustices and challenges we see in the world today? Where it feels like the good, one, the good are the ones who are hurt most, the bad are able to continue. Yeah, it's like it's it's like you read my mind because I I do think that a lot of times, no, uh, especially in this world where uh, the bad or those who are not behaving or helping other people are glorified, and those who are trying to do what's good and trying to follow God uh, are the ones who are being insulted, no, are being bashed and shamed. No? So it really makes you wonder: uh, how do we keep ourselves hopeful and faithful? Uh, despite all the injustices, no. So you know, for me, uh, the the best way I can answer it, I know. First of all, I want to say it's easier said than done, obviously, right? Um, but you know, like right now, I'm not in any crisis in my life, so it's easier for me to to answer this question. But I know that if I'm suffering for whatever reason, it's going to be very hard to answer the question. No, so that's why we need to help each other by 
answering each other's questions. No, the, the, the best way I can answer this question is that hope and faith are like muscles. No? And we have to keep those muscles strong. And the only way to do that is to keep using them and flexing them. So being hopeful and faithful are not uh, conditions. No? They're activities, they're exercises. No? So for us to remain hope, to keep our hope strong, and to keep our faith strong, we need to exercise them. We need to flex those muscles. No? We need to practice them. If we don't do that, our hope and faith will get weak, especially when it's difficult, especially when you know, the world seems to be going the other way. It's harder to exercise our hope and faith. No? But let's keep practicing. Let's keep flexing those muscles. That's the only way to, to keep our hope and faith strong. No? And I say that as someone who also has difficulty uh, keeping my hope and faith strong because I agree with you. Uh, it seems to me that there, there's more injustice than justice in the world. No, uh, there's more wickedness. It seems than goodness in the world. But let's let's you know keep our muscles strong. Let's keep our hope and faith strong by flexing them. Thank you for that reminder, Father. You know you've said that countless times throughout this podcast. We have to flex our faith and. That's that rings through every single day, every single episode, and every single topic. Really, we have to flex our muscles of faith. Yeah, and I say that because I need to hear it myself. No, I need to uh, sort of remind myself because there are days when you are caught off guard, like when you, like when I go to Twitter <laughs> and I get caught off guard and get affected. I have to remind myself, no, uh, you know, it's so tempting to lose hope and faith, and that's what the devil wants, right? So you have to discern and say, no way. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm going to exercise my hope and my faith so that they will become stronger. Thank you for that, Father. We are down to our last few questions for this morning. Um, there are some questions in the chat box, Father. In the comment section, rather. I keep on saying chat box. In the comment section, um, which actually pertain to previous episodes. There was one a while ago, which I can't seem to find anymore because there's this new feature of newest comments only um, about God's will. So we have an episode on God's will. You can look, uh, look out for that or look for that rather in our YouTube, Spotify, even on Facebook. And other questions as well pertaining to prayer and um, also other questions for um, that we had from before. So let me just share with you one last comment from Christina Mercado. Thank you for sharing this. She says, spiritualdirection.com is a good resource. It's by the Avila Institute, Avila Foundation rather. So thank you for sharing that for the others. One last question, Father, from our comments this morning from Aldo. How do we balance the invitation to preach the gospel versus the need to respect other people's faith. Some people consider not asking people to convert to Christianity or not insisting for them to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior as signs of weaknesses and not being true to our calling. Yeah, that's, that's uh, another difficult question to answer. No? Uh, I, I think we need, to under, we, we need to clarify first what preaching means, right? Uh, what, does, what, what is effective preaching? Some people think effective preaching is being in your face and doing hard sell and say, come on, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Um, I don't know, but I don't think that works. 
I don't think that's effective preaching. No? So, so uh, I wouldn't do that, not because I'm not courageous, but because it doesn't work. No? So if you want to be effective in preaching, I think you have to be strategic. You have to know your audience and decide uh, what will work for this audience. No? Uh, will it work better if you, you know, like um, compose a homily and put it on the on the on your on your blog? No, or should you do a one minute video? Will that work? Right? Should you do a podcast? Should you just listen to people? I mean, there are many ways, right? I, I, and I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. That's why I'm exploring and experimenting with all these uh, ways of doing things. No? Uh, so, so obviously, the podcast is meant to get people to appreciate God more and love God more and live out their faith more. So in a way, we, we're really preaching to people. No? We want, we're spreading the gospel, but we're not preaching, preaching. We're not like saying... Guys, you're going to go to hell if you don't, you know, we're not doing that. Because why not? Because we're not courageous, because it doesn't work. People will just roll their eyes and turn off them, right? So, so I think uh that I, I think the challenge for us Christians today is to find the most effective way to preach. And personally, I haven't gotten that figured out. That's why I'm really, you know, exploring different ways, no. Um how do we break out of our usual circle of, you know, of followers? Because we all have friends and fans, right, who follow us anyway, but they're already converted. Uh, they don't need preaching. They don't need to be converted. There are other people out there who, you know, either they don't care or they, they don't know, right? So how do we reach them? How, certainly not by going up to them and say, you know what, you got to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, or you'll go to hell. I don't think that'll work, right? Uh, so, so I I think we need to be creative, all of us, not just the priests or nuns, but everyone, and figure out how can we share the gift that we have received from God, the gift of faith. Our faith is so beautiful. The more questions I'm subjected to, <laughs> the more I appreciate that. Wow, our faith is so resilient. It can withstand questions. It makes sense, even you know, given the most difficult questions, right? And the questions bring me to a you know, bring me to a place where I appreciate the faith even more. And I'm really hoping, Jude, that this, you know, somehow rubbed off on you and our listeners and viewers during this first season of Sundays for Seekers. That's really the point. We want people to appreciate our faith more, appreciate God more. So, so yes, Aldo, uh, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't uh, go up to you and say, you better accept the Lord as your Savior and Redeemer, not because I'm afraid, but because it's not going to work. You're just going to maybe smile and nod at me, but walk away and do whatever you do. So, yeah. So, Thank you for that, Father. You know, just to wrap things up also, I would like to share one, well, two things that I, I find most important in this uh, as you talk about evangelization. Um, one thing I noticed in the church is that we lack marketing experience, so to speak. You've been talking about creativity. You've been talking about finding the right way to speak to your market. And that's precisely what we need to try to do in evangelization. We need to market this, this faith. We need to market our community more. Not, of course, using business terms because I'm a business management teacher. But we, as you said, we have to get out of what we've been trying to do all these years because it's not going to work every single day and every single year moving forward anymore. Yeah, I think the issue is that many times we 
only have one trick up our sleeve. We only know how to do to talk about the faith in one way, you know. And that's okay because that can work for some people, but there are so many audiences. And so I think the challenge for us is to expand our repertoire of how we talk about our faith. No, there are different ways of doing it. No, we cannot get carried away as well, no, and, and just do whatever everyone else is doing because the medium is also the message, right? So that's why it's a bit more difficult. If, for example, if I start dancing all over the place, I don't think that's going to jive well with the message you're trying to make. Like our Lord, if he used social media, he wouldn't be just doing anything, no? He would do it his way because the way we do things is also communicating something to the people, right? So um, so we have to expand our repertoire of tricks of how we can reach people, but we also have to be discerning because sometimes even if we don't mean to, we send the wrong signal, Right? That's why it's hard because we can't just do anything under the sun like other people. No, we, we have to be careful uh, because we might send the wrong message. We might, you know, communicate the wrong values. No, for example, if it ends up being all about me, that's not the way, right? It, we should sort yeah. of distract yeah. people from. It should never be about the preacher or the person who's talking about the faith. No, so and and, and you know and and yet that's that that's always a that's always a temptation that's always a possibility so i think that's the challenge for ourselves and also for our listeners and viewers let's let's be creative no but also we have to be discerning even as we're creative and most importantly father i think the best way really to evangelize is to be witnesses ourselves our lives are the best our lives homilies no yeah yes and that rings through for young people, for old people. It's how we live our lives. It's how we are witnesses to this faith, even with the many questions, even with the many answers or the lack of answers thereof. Our lives, as Father said, are the best homilies or the best testaments of our faith as well. So stick around. We have we will be announcing the winners of Father Johnny's newest book, and he will be sharing his crucifix for today for this 12th episode of this season. Every Sunday, Pins of Light comes up with a one-minute homily, something to provoke you into prayer and reflection. Get your weekly Sunday Gospel fix. Follow the Pins of Light Facebook page at facebook.com slash pinsoflight. Also available in Filipino at facebook.com slash pinoylights. If you want to subscribe to Sundays for Seekers, you can find us in all the usual places where you find podcasts. Be a Sunday Seeker by joining our Facebook group, Sundays for Seekers, at facebook.com slash groups slash Sundays4S. Tell your friends about us by using the hashtag, hashtag Sundays4S. So, Father Jay, for our last episode of the season, what is your cross for us today? Father, sorry, you're, you're on mute. I found this cross, which I really like. It's, uh, it's just different pieces, but every piece has a name or title of our Lord. No? So it says Jesus. It says, I am Emmanuel, Holy One, Alpha and Omega, Son of God. The way, light of the world. So I thought this would be a nice crucifix to end, a nice cross to end our 
first season with because it shows us that our Lord is known by many names, is called by many names, no? And our lives, we have our own stories of faith when we look for Him. And we have our own names for Him. We have our favorite names for Him, right? So uh, depending on what's happening in our life, we have a particular name for him. So I'm, 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 you know, I'd like to invite our viewers and listeners. They may want to, what, how do you call the Lord now? That might be a good thing to think about, no? And maybe you can share with us in the comments. So thank you for that takeaway question as well, Father. How do you call the Lord now? After 12, 12 episodes, sasabihin ko sana 12 seasons, 12 episodes lang, 12 episodes of, Sundays for Seekers. But at this point in time, you would like to announce the winners of Father Jay's newest book, Pins of Light. Um, he says it's going to be his last, but who knows? God knows. <laughs> the last From, book of homilies. <laughs> uh, last book of homilies. From last episode, we promised three winners. And our three winners from last episode are Rosalea Gonzalez, Ricky Hilado, and Leilani Tayoto. Congratulations. We will be messaging you to ask you for your details so that we can send you your books from Father Jay. And for this episode, Father Jay will, will be giving out books, right? You mentioned two books, right? Yes. Two books. And one, our winner for today, the first one for sharing the resource on spiritualdirection.com and for also looking out for her fellow seekers. We have Christina Ebarle Mercado. Congratulations, Christina. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. And our last winner for today um, of your book, one of your, well, our last, the last question that you answered, Father, from Aldo Hoson. Congratulations, so we'll Aldo. You, we'll be sending you a message so that we can get your details and send the book right away. And by the way, to all those who would like to buy Father Jay's book, it is available both on Shopee and on Lazada. So, say, Father Jay, it's level up. It's eh. Shopee and Lazada. Na yan. And today's uh, double 10. So, this, uh, you know, <laughs> I think delivery might be free. <laughs> there you go. So, make sure to look out for Pins of Light or to search for, rather, Pins of Light on both Shopee and Lazada, especially today on 1010. So once again, we would like to thank our sponsors for being with us for the past 12 episodes, Smart and Unilab. And a special thank you, of course, to our listeners and viewers, especially those who've been supporting us in their own way, either by sending donations to us or by telling your friends about Sundays for Seekers. We could not have done these 12 episodes without you. So really a big thank you. Thank you. No matter what you contributed, your burning questions, your insights, your comments, or just being with us, a fellow seeker, silently seeking, wanting to learn more about the faith, thank you for journeying with us through these past 12 episodes. That's it for our 12th episode. And as we mentioned a while ago, our last for this season. It's been a great journey with all our seekers and especially a great journey with you, Father Jay. So a special thanks also to you for being with us in this journey. It's a great pleasure to chat with you, as you know, and to learn with you. So how, how do you think, of, what do you think about the, the podcast? What's your take about the podcast after 12 episodes? You know, Father, I've learned a lot and I personally would like to continue it as much as we could. But of course, as you said, we have a lot, a lot of other things to, 
contend with also in our lives. But I think one challenge I'm faced right now is how to continue the conversation, even without the podcast during the break. How can we continue seeking on our by ourselves together or with a certain group? And secondly, Father, the second challenge I'm seeing from this podcast is how can we reach more young people? Something to think about. So, you know, the Facebook group, Sundays for Seekers, is still on. So that would be a great venue for us to continue the conversation in some way. So once in a while, we'll be posting something there. We hope you will continue to participate and also share it with your friends. So Jude, as always, a great conversation. Very special thanks to everyone who tuned in and joined us today. And to everyone, you may still watch us, listen to us, and seek with us through the first 12 episodes of Sundays for Seekers, which are available on YouTube, on Facebook, on Spotify, and all other platforms where you, can lis- where you listen to podcasts. I also want to announce that we are going to have a Pins of Light Advent Recollection. No? So the last time we did that was during Holy Week, where we had three mornings no? of uh, retreat for Holy Week. But this time we'll have uh, maybe one morning uh, Pins of Light Advent Recollection. So watch out for the announcements and the details. Ahala ho, Father, nine mornings, simbang gabi. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the details will be found on the Pins of Light Facebook page and will be shared to the Sundays for Seekers Facebook group. And of course, uh, friends, we hope to see you next season. Not just you, but also with more seekers and more friends who are seekers themselves. We may be on break, but it doesn't mean you should stop seeking. So, you know, we hope you will continue to let your burning questions about God and your life lead you to a deeper faith. And so now we're signing off by saying what we always say here. Keep the faith. And keep on seeking. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. Thank you, Father. Thank you, everyone. The Sundays for Seekers logo was designed by Jem Jemzon Tan. Our theme was composed by Marvin Ong. And this episode was produced with Glenn Lopez of Upstream Media PH. Sundays for Seekers has been brought to you by Smart, Live Smarter for a Better World and Unilab, Alagang Tunay, Alagang Pilipino, Unilab yan! <laughs>